whatever it is you think you are in the world, you think you're a teacher, you think you're a coach, you want to be a thought leader, you want to be a, a course creator, you want to be whatever it is you want to be. I want you to just for a moment, be willing to put down that title, put down that noun, push it aside. Because what you really are, if you're going to put your work into the world is an activist. Okay. You're an activist. I don't care what it is that you're doing in the world. When you shift your mindset into being an activist, you start to take action. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. We are in front of a live audience right now. They are 50 Mind Valley, no, 100. The numbers are going up. There's a lot of people with us right now, live as we are recording this podcast. By the way, I'm trying something different. Can you hear that background music? A little bit, yeah. Very, just, uh, yeah, just a little bit in the background. Yeah, I'm just seeing if it helps set a mood, but if you can barely hear it, then. I mean, are you trying to create like a romantic vibe? Well, what's, what's, I don't understand. What's, what do you, what vibe are you trying to create right now, V? I kind of missed you. We haven't seen each other because of this big pandemic. I know. Stupid pandemic, man. Doesn't the pandemic understand that we want to see our friends? I know. It's so thoughtless. What a thoughtless virus. It really is. You know, I feel like if you could get COVID to sign up for all access, it would have such an internal shift in consciousness that it would just leave us all alone. Exactly. Right. It would start uplifting people rather than like dragging people down. I know. I'm going to change COVID to Brovid because me and my bros, we're going to figure this out, man. Mind Valley, though, would probably make it so much more powerful. It would become immune to the vaccine. So, <laughs> Okay, let's not do that. So... Those of you who tuned in are wondering, what the hell is going on? And what are these two clowns talking about? Well, that is because Jason Goldberg is actually one of my dearest friends in the world. We met at a Mind Valley seminar and we just, we hit it off. Yep, that's true. The first time we met was actually AFES Costa Rica in 2015. Mm -hmm. It's coming up on six years that we've known each other, man. And you just keep exactly. getting better looking every single year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hitting on me. And by the way, I love your new beard. Now, by the way, guys, if you showed up early, you're in for a treat. Jason, we have 238 people live with us right now. Amazing. Welcome, everybody. Priyanka Chopra had 1,200 people live. So you are at 30% Chopra level. Well, I mean, I'm about 1% of the attractiveness level of her. So I'll take the 20% attendance level. She's amazing. And as soon as she comes to her senses and gets rid of that Jonas kid, I am ready and I'm, I'm in there. I'm going for it which is an apt point to make because folks, you may not notice about Jason, but how he and I clicked is because I'm a big Eminem fan. That's because I went to school in Michigan. Eminem is from Detroit, right? I remember going to school in Ann Arbor. Eminem, when he was just starting out, remember back in the days of VHS tapes? Yeah, man, yeah, tapes, yeah. This is pre-DVD, so I'm kind of showing you how old I am, right? Eminem's agents would leave Eminem songs on a cassette tape, a VHS tape, outside our door. And so I remember like getting this tape outside my door from this random singer called Eminem and I put it in and he's some white guy and I'm like a white guy trying to rap. Yeah, like that's ever going to work. And <laughs> how long was I? And I realized that white people can rap. And then Jason, you know, being a, a clear Eminem fan, I see you at A-Fest. So Jason joined A-Fest as a Mind Valley member and he gets on stage and he raps. And I didn't know this about Jason, but Jason is one of the top ranked Jewish rappers in the world. Top ranked Jewish rappers. Ranked by my mother. My mother does the ranking. No, you're like 22nd. You're like the 22nd white rapper in the world. You're ranked number 22. Now, the thing is, Jewish people are known for Nobel Prizes, but many people don't know that Jewish people are formidable rappers. When you play the right music in the right circumstance and yes. under the right conditions. You need the right conditions. I mean, the Beastie Boys, right? The Beastie Boys were Jewish. Right, right. That's amazing, right? So, Jason, could I ask you, before we start today, could we get you to rap? Oh, man. I mean, that depends. Do you have your credit card handy? Because usually it's about like 10K per verse. But no, you know, I'll, I'll do something. Subscribe to your OnlyFans. I am subscribed to your OnlyFans. <laughs> so, so technically, you are, you are already taking money from me. Yeah, then you're my only fan. It's it's one person. So let's. So I will. I let me let me spit a little something here. You know what? This is actually something I wrote for my Mind Valley tribe. So I'm so happy to do this because this whole tribe, all 286 people who are here, your family to me, your soul fam to me. So I'll do this kind of spoken word piece. I'll do a little rap thing. Is that cool? Awesome. All right, let's do it. Check it out. Yo, since your first breath out the womb, you've been taught never to question but just assume. 
Every testament that was spewed, well-intentioned, defended points of view pointed at you, but that point of view ain't the point of you. Instead of living conditioned, I got my vision straight and called an audible like the spoken version of Prison Break. We're the collision of persistence and decisions, leading a coalition on an expedition to innovate. Till every house party's like kid and play, whether rich or gay or a different race, we can share dinner plates and inner space with no hidden hate. You dig it, mate? Good. Because to go from division to addition, we can't assimilate. Never diminished and never finished, I'll spit for days. It's what my soul and wisdom craves to be whisked away and shift your wishful ways into your business days, giving you permission to envision limitless ways to flip the game. I'm ecstatic because my pen's magic and my Mon Valley tribe has me vibe like 10 backflips because you turn my world upside down and we support each other so we stand upright now. From yoga in the sun to fun nights now and our growth is collective so we love life now and we spread so much light now we can turn uptight frowns to upside down fist up right now. But settle down for a pause because even without the sound of a round of applause you feel the pound of the cause our power is boundless and raw you are truly limitless and thanks to this tribe now you're a force. Damn that was amazing. I humbly declared that your ranking just went from 22 to at least 18. Oh, you made my day. My day is complete. I'm going to get off this webinar and I'm going to get off this interview now. My day is made. Just bumped ahead. Like you just skipped across at least four other Jewish rappers. (laughs) All of the Goldsteins are going to be so upset that I just jumped past them. (laughs) Those of you who are tuning in right now are wondering, what a weird session of the Mind Valley podcast. Did Vision simply just record a random conversation with his friend Jason? But no, you know, Jason and I were talking about this episode and we said, look, we're friends. We're like super, super good friends. Like I share so much with Jason. And I'm like, let's not hide it. Let's actually show people how we communicate when you and I are at Mind Valley events or when we're across the table having dinner. Okay. But, you know, I'm a big fan of Jason. He's such an incredible dude, such a massive heart. Like I said, I met him at a Mind Valley event and we immediately hit it off because Jason got on that dance floor and doled out this epic set of verse. But what you don't know about Jason is that he is also a serial entrepreneur, a TEDx speaker, a baconitarian, that's a vegetarian who still eats bacon, a funky sock lover, a former rapper, and yes, he opened for the Wu-Tang Clan. Totally, he opened for Wu-Tang. Jason, what year was that? That was like 2004, I think. That wasn't too long ago. And and how cool is that, opening for the Wu-Tang Clan? Now, Jason also is a personal growth junkie in a good way. He used to weigh 332 pounds, right? But he goes deep into transforming his health, transforming his body. Jason has a program on Mind Valley on designing courses for coaches. You will find this on our coaching division, Evercoach. He is also the author of the book, Prison Break, which hit number one in its category on Amazon. He is the creator of a program called Playful Prosperity and Competition Proof Business Immersion. And so we're super excited to have Jason here on the Mind Valley podcast. Prior to this, he has been featured on ABC, CBS, Fox News. He's been featured on Mind Valley multiple times on the Soul Pancake platform. He is one of our most beloved teachers. He is also the former co-host of one of our coaching training programs with Ajit Navalka. Absolutely, man. It's been such a gift to be a part of this tribe. And and what I love about what you do, V, and, and what I'm super excited to talk about today is, you know, so many people, I work with a lot of coaches and my primary business is coaching. I coach celebrities, I coach influencers, I coach astrophysicists, CEOs, pro surfers, coaches, kind of everybody in between. And the things we're typically working on are navigating thought, right? Really mastering your mindset, but especially as it relates to the creative process and bringing your message and your gifts out into the world. And I'm sure, I'm sure the people that are on this podcast right now, 333 people live, if you are somebody who really has some kind of message in you and you want to bring it out in the world, but sometimes that feels terrifying, drop a one in the chat. I just would love to see, because that is something I come across so often. And what I'm hoping in this conversation is that we can get you into a place of inspired, intentional action so that you're not continuing to have year over year, this thing you want to do that you still haven't put out in the world yet, if that would be helpful. Beautiful, Jason. And I think that's going to help so many people. You know, within our tribe, there are so many people who are great teachers, great messengers. And one of the things that holds them back is how do I stop? Is this bold enough or is this too bold? Am I going to fail? What are people going to think of me? And that's why I think the topic today, which is the bold pursuit 
of mission and overcoming fear is is so apt in this case because I had to start somewhere, you had to start somewhere, and all of us had bold dreams, but we were too afraid that we might fail at them, and so we suppress our dreams. And even sometimes we have suppressed dreams, but we are afraid to go out because we are afraid of judgment. And I think a lot of the people here watching will resonate. Now, rather than ask you questions, Jason, because I know you have a way of teaching, I would love for you to just open the topic in your way. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you so much for everybody who's in the chat window, who's chiming in here. We had tons of ones just flooding the screen. So that means you're, you're in the right place and this is going to resonate with you, I think. So just like Vision said, it's this fear of judgment, fear of putting ourselves out there. What are people going to think of us? First of all, I want to help you get rid of something right away. People are going to judge you. We are judgment-making machines. That's what we do. That's how we make sure we don't step into traffic when a car is coming, right? You're going to be judged, whether verbally and vocally or not. So just remove that from your mind that there's anything you can do where you won't be judged. I say this all the time. You can't please everybody. You're not pizza, okay? So don't even try. It's not worth trying. But one of the big shifts that I will give you, and this is huge, and this is something one of my celebrity clients who is an A-list actress, director, producer, she's been trying to get funding for a movie that she's been trying to make for six months. We had a call recently. I shared this one distinction that I'm going to share with you here. And the next day she got the movie fully funded. And it's not because anything magically I did. It is a very simple mindset shift that will change the way you approach any of your creative processes. And it's this, whatever it is you think you are in the world, you think you're a teacher, you think you're a coach, you want to be a thought leader, you want to be a course creator, you want to be whatever it is you want to be. I want you to just for a moment, be willing to put down that title, put down that noun, push it aside. Because what you really are, if you're going to put your work into the world, is an activist, okay? You're an activist. I don't care what it is that you're doing in the world. When you shift your mindset into being an activist, you start to take action. Why is that? Well, I had somebody very, very close to me who was very much into animal rights. And she hated the fact that elephants were being mistreated in the circus. And so she would go and she would stand out in front of any time the circus would come into town, she would be in front of that circus with a big sign saying, you know, free the elephants or treat the elephants well or inhumane treatment of animals or whatever it is. She was so dedicated to that mission that she didn't have time to entertain the bullshit thoughts in her head that said, what if somebody disagrees with me? What if somebody's mean to me? What if somebody doesn't like what I'm saying? It's not that she had those thoughts and she used her mindset to overcome them and work through them and reframe them. It just didn't even occur to her to have that kind of dialogue in her head because she was on a mission. She was an activist. So whatever it is that you want to be an activist for, I'm going to give you a really simple way to figure out what that is. Because what I say all the time is that I have a one-line business plan. And I want all of you to steal this like an artist, make it your own. I have a one-line business plan. My one-line business plan is to leave everybody I meet with at least 5% more joy than when I found them, okay? To leave everybody I meet with at least 5% more joy than when I found them. That is my mission. That is my activism. That can happen in any way. That can happen from me coaching or speaking or doing a course or being a Starbucks barista or opening the door for somebody, for a woman who's carrying a baby and a diaper bag and three coffees in her hands. Whatever it is, I go out into the world as an activist and I say, I am going to do everything in my power to increase the likelihood that people who interact with me will experience more joy and less suffering in their lives. Wow. I love that. I absolutely love that. You know, that's so bizarre. Remember when we started this podcast, I was playing a song in the background. I was kind of testing and opening music. That song was from the movie Emily. It was by Jan Thiersen. I hope I pronounced that right. The French musician. And it's from the movie Emily. If you haven't seen the movie Emily... It's about a French girl who decides that she wants to bring happiness to everyone she meets. Mm. She's a waitress at a restaurant. It's one of the most beautiful movies. I just watched it a few days ago. But I love, love, love that idea. What a powerful way to show up in the world. Yeah. And for everybody here, I want you to figure out what that is for yourself. So ask yourself, what is the thing you want to have people feel either 5% more of or 5% less of, right? Maybe it's more joy, less suffering, more clarity, less confusion, more love, less separation, whatever it is that you want to make a dent in this world around. And when I say dent, because you know, you won't finish it before you die. Like I am under no misconception that I am going to be able to bring 5% more joy to every single person on the planet. But you know what? I'm going to do my best to fucking try before I die. And so I want you all to figure out what is that 5% more or less thing for you. And that becomes your mission. You become an activist and there's just no time for you to worry about whether you're worthy and what people are going to say or what judgments they'll have. You're too busy doing the work to worry about that. I would love to see from our audience right now, yeah. type out your mission. 
if you have one, if you have one that you're willing to articulate, now don't worry about getting it perfect. I'm going to read out some of these missions. I love this idea, Jason. I've never thought about it that way. Shift into being an activist. It's huge. Now, one of the things you talk about is worthy versus willing. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is another really big shift because again, when we have this concern that what we put out in the world isn't going to be good enough, or what are people going to say, or what are people going to think? Essentially, what we're asking ourselves or judging ourselves around is, are we worthy, right? Who am I to be sharing this message? You look at somebody like Vision, you look at somebody like any of the people that Vision interviews and people that are on the Mind Valley platform, and you say, well, I'm not that person. They're already out there saying that. Why would I do that? How could I possibly be worthy to share this message with the world when there's all these people who are ahead of me? Well, that's one way to look at it for sure. And if that brings you closer to creation and being of service in the world, then please continue to believe that. My guess is that it doesn't. The flip side of worthiness is to ask yourself, can you just be willing? Are you willing to put yourself out in the world and try to make a difference? Are you willing to put your ego aside for just a moment so you can be of service to one human being? Because for everybody here who says, all I want to do is be of service, right? We know about this. And the three most important questions and everything else, like really figuring out what your contribution to the world is going to be. There's nobody here that says, I want to be successful by take, take, taking from the world. I guarantee every one of the 300 plus of you here say, I want to contribute. I want to give. I want to serve. Great. All of the people that you could be serving are sitting there waiting. They are in pain. They are suffering. They are waiting for you to get your shit together and to stop worrying about being worthy and to instead be willing to just serve the people who are in front of you with your gifts and talents. So it goes along with being an activist, shift into being willing instead of worrying about whether or not you are worthy. Love it. I'm hoping people here are getting that distinction. Now I'm seeing some of the missions come in. I want to read a couple out and let's see if we can, to really drive in this point, let's see if we can help tweak some of these missions. Okay. Jason, do you see any that stand out for you? Let's see here. Yeah. So I love like Anna Paulina, 5% more loving awareness, 5% less polarization, right? That's beautiful. So you ask yourself every day as an activist with a mission like that, you wake up in the morning and you say, you don't say, oh my God, what, what am I going to do today? What if people don't like me? What if what I say doesn't resonate? What if I get it wrong? That dialogue won't be in your head, Anna Paulina. You will wake up in the morning and say, what can I do today to increase the likelihood that somebody I interact with will feel more loving awareness? That's what you anchor into every day when you wake up and say, my only mission today, 5% more loving awareness, not 50%, not 75%, not hundred percent. We don't want to put pressure on ourselves before we even brushed our teeth for the day. 5%. Can I create 5% more loving awareness in somebody's world today? So that is a beautiful one. I love that. I love 5% because it's so manageable, right? Totally manageable. I'm seeing this one from Betty Vaga. Betty Vaga said, my mission is to bring online education to hundred thousand households in remote places in the world. Yeah, I love that. And, and I love what you said here. And you know, if I reach only 79.8 you know, households by the day I die, I'll still be happy. And that really is, and if you're okay with kind of bridging into this for a sec, Vision, there's kind of the flip side of this, of being an activist. And so I, I love what you said there, Betty, because you're kind of illustrating this for us and the whole 5% thing, is that you have to be willing to live in the paradox of, I'm an activist, I'm on a mission, this is a big thing, it's going to impact the world, and that it actually isn't that big of a deal at the end of the day right? We are, as Nancy Klein says in her book, More Time to Think, she says that as humans, and she's talking about in the conversation process of being with another human, we are both essential and irrelevant, right? We are both essential and irrelevant. It is essential, Betty, that you bring online education to as many households as possible. And I hope this doesn't burst anybody's bubble, but Betty, if you die tomorrow, the world will continue spinning. And the reason this is important to know is because we want to have something kind of like the astronauts had. When the astronauts first went into space, they experienced something called the overview effect. Have you heard of this before, Vision? The overview effect? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the overview effect, essentially what happened was the astronauts went up into space and they're looking back down at the planet Earth and they see how small and insignificant it looks from this vantage point, from this viewpoint. And what they noticed, it was a liberating thing. It wasn't a, a sad or depressing thing. It was liberating to say, wow, all of my stresses, all of the things I take so seriously, all the pressure I put on myself, they're all in that little ball that's just light years away from where I am right now. And so they started realizing that as essential as it is for us to do our work in the world, we can't take it too seriously. We can't put too much pressure on ourselves. So there's this really interesting thing I was doing with a client. We were talking about 
her putting herself out in the world and really wanting to do these things. And she wasn't doing it. She wasn't creating the content she wanted to create. She wanted to do, you know, Facebook lives. And she just kept, you know, holding herself back. She wanted to reach out to this company to work with them. And she wasn't doing any of it. And we're talking about it. And I said, well, why do you want to do these things? Like, what's the motivation? She goes, well, if I start doing Facebook lives five days a week, then it means I'm a serious entrepreneur. And if I sign this client, then my family will finally take me seriously for what I'm doing. There became all this connection to her identity being wrapped up in these actions she was taking. And there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves when we tie our actions to our identity, because that means if we don't take those actions, who are we? We're nobody. And so we're in this conversation. It happens to be Thursday, the day of the week that we're talking happened to be Thursday. And so I asked her, I said, well, what if instead of you doing all these things so that you could finally be a serious entrepreneur and that your family would finally take you seriously, what if you did these things because it's Thursday? And that's just what you do on Thursdays. <laughs> I, I don't have to will myself or break out rosary beads or meditate in order to get myself to brush my teeth. When it's the morning, I just brush my teeth. And so if we can stop putting so much pressure on the things we're doing, we'll notice that it's so much easier to get into purposeful action. If you look at Gary Vee, something I love about Gary Vee, and you, didn't you interview Gary Vee recently? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Gary Vee is obviously very polarizing. Some people love him, some people hate him. I think he has a lot of amazing messages he shares. But there's one thing really interesting about Gary Vee that I love. If you look at most people before they go on stage, myself included, before they go on stage to give a talk, they're doing something to psych themselves up. V, I don't know if you do this. I've been with you backstage quite a bit. So I don't think you have like a real psych up thing that you do. But a lot of people like psych themselves up and they look in the mirror and they go, you're going to crush this. You got this. Yada, yada, yada. You know what Gary Vee does right before he goes on stage? He's on his phone right up until the moment that they say, Gary Vaynerchuk. And then he puts his phone down and he walks out because it's just what he does. It's just the natural next step. He doesn't make it too serious. And so that's a, a big part of us putting our work into the world is to stop tying our significance and our identity to what it is we're doing. I love that. I've observed that about Gary Vee as well. Now, guys, as you're listening to Jason, Jason, and by the way, I love the wisdom. I love these wisdom bombs you're dropping. As you're listening to Jason, I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to ask questions. As in all of our live recording podcasts, you'll see a Q&A box on Zoom. Go ahead, click on that box, and you can vote up questions or you can ask your own question. The leading question right now seems to be from uh, Thales Alves, Elliot Berenger, Lisa Diaz again. But vote for the questions that you think are most serving of the audience here. And we're going to bring up these guests going to make them live. They're going to turn on their webcam. You're going to interact with them and they're going to get to ask and discuss their question with you. Perfect. Okay. I love it. Let's go on to the concept of known for versus known for activating. Yes, absolutely. So this is one, this is actually something I shared on stage. The talk I did at Mind Valley U in Estonia a couple of years ago, oh God, it's almost three years ago now, which is crazy. It was something I still get messages from people about now that have seen the video on YouTube. And again, going back to the whole pressure-filled thing, there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves to figure out what it is we're going to be known for. I went through this so hardcore when I first started, like, well, what's going to be my thing? What's going to be like my unique gift to the world that nobody's ever done before? And it sounds fun and exciting, but it's also really, really pressure-filled. And I was just trying to figure out what am I going to be known for? What am I going to be known for? And then I started getting this reflection from people when I would come off stage or when I would do podcasts and it really hit home when I was on a press tour for my book for Prison Break. And the very last morning talk show interview I did was at a show called Good Day Sacramento in California. The anchor's name was Cody Stark, no relation to Tony Stark, no relation to Iron Man. And we had this conversation, great conversation. And when we were done and they cut the cameras, he came over to me and he said, you know what? I don't know what it is about you, man, but I feel so much joy being around you. I feel it. The other anchors felt it. People in the green room felt it. Our AV people felt it. You really activate so much joy for people. And up to that point, I knew that I was like the playful guy and like joy was like a thing for me, but I always downplayed and discounted that because I want to be the smartest guy. I want to be the guy that's the most wise, the most intelligent, the most accomplished. And that moment really solidified for me that my differentiator in the world is not what I'm known for, but it's what I'm known for activating in other people, Right. What is the feeling that I give people permission to feel more of? What is it that I activate in humans that I interact with? Going back to the wanting to leave everybody I meet with 5% more joy than I found them. So if you feel any pressure around like, oh, well, what's my thing going to be? Your thing is going to change over time. Your thing is going to change multiple times over the course of your life. What will stay the same is the feeling and the impact you have on people when you share your thing. Amazing, Jason. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining Mind Valley All Access. Now you can sign up to Mind Valley All Access and unlock every Mind Valley program instantly. Get access to transformation from all of the world's best minds in everything from parenting to biohacking to mind, body, spirit, entrepreneurship, work productivity. Learn from the likes of Ben Greenfield, Jim Quick, Shafali Sabari, Stephen Kotler, and more. All available to you for less than $2 a day. Simply visit mindvalley.com forward slash now. That's mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. And you'll be surprised to see that Mindvalley All Access now comes with advanced technologies to completely transform your learning, your networks, and your human connections, including our new private social network for students, Connections by Mindvalley, and our Altered State Inducement app, Ombana, which complements our regular training with Altered State methodologies to transform you at a subconscious level. Check it all out on mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. Mindvalley.com forward slash now. Talis, are you here? Hey, Jason. Yes. Hey, how do you pronounce your name? It's Talis. It is Talis. Okay, perfect. Well, so nice to meet you, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks. So my question for you is, what if we have multiple passions and many things excite us? For example, Tom Lilio from Impact Theory, I don't know if you know him, yep. but he said that we can do anything we want, but not everything we want. So how do we deal with this situation? We cannot do everything that we would like to do. For example, I study psychology. And I would love to improve people's mental health. And I also would love to improve the quality of the education system in the world. But I can't do all of this. So any suggestions? Yeah, that's great. Well, first of all, I love that you're a multi-passionate. That's a great thing to be. You can be a slash in the world, right? You can be a coach slash speaker slash activist slash whatever. You can live in the slash. You're allowed to do that. But something to think about here is that if we want to direct the energy of the sun, you get the little magnifying glass, right? And then it comes through and you can burn the leaf or do whatever you would do as a little kid doing a science experiment. So your focused, sincere attention and devotion to one particular thing is how you're going to get the best results, right? It's how you're going to be most effective at moving your mission forward. But it doesn't mean you can't do those other things. So there's a couple different things that you can use to look at this. Number one, create a not now file a not now file. Because what happens is we have all these things we want to do in the world. We're multi-passionate. We think that by choosing one, we're saying no to everything else. Well, what if we're just saying not now to those things? What if we're keeping a file of those and we keep going back to it every few months and we say, does this thing still inspire me? The thing that's on my not now list, does it still inspire me after two months, three months, six months? If it does, then maybe it's time to start integrating that into what you're doing. And if not, maybe it was just a fleeting thing that had you spent more time on it, it would have been a dead end and you wouldn't have actually loved it as much as you thought. So having a not now file is a huge, huge thing to be able to do this so that you can focus on the mission at hand, but still keep these things kind of behind the scenes in case you want to go back to them later. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Perfect sense. I love that idea of the not now file. Because we don't want to keep the open loops in our head. Open loops are the bane of my existence. If I have anything that's unfinished business, it just drains my will to live and it drains my energy. By having a not now file, I've captured it. I've given it the credit that it needs. And something that I say all the time is that the muse rewards the verb. Okay, the muse rewards the verb. What I mean by that is the creative muse, the thing that gives you these amazing ideas that you want to create in the world. The more you are doing something with what the muse gives you, the more the muse will reward you with additional inspiration and ideas. So if you just keep that thing as an open loop in your head, the muse says, oh, well, they're not doing anything productive with that. I'm going to stop giving them ideas. When you put it on the not now file, the muse says, good, I've been heard. My idea has been captured. I'm okay now. And I can give this person more space to create whatever it is they want to create. So noticing having the not now file, dude, that will be a game changer for you. One other reason why I think the not now file really works, right? So Talis, firstly, amazing question. I love that question. And it really resonates with me as well. So I was watching the movie, Babe. This is a movie about a talking pig. It's a pig who is so intelligent, he decides to become a sheepdog. And there's a scene in the movie where Babe's owner, Farmer Brown, suddenly has the insight that he should have Babe, the pig, compete in a sheepdog competition in Scotland. And there is this narrator voice at that point in the movie. Farmer Brown realizes that little ideas that tickle and burn and never seem to go away should never be ignored, for in them lie the seeds of destiny. And I love that. 
And what I find is that when I put something in my not now list, okay, sometimes it is a random idea. It's not really a worthy idea. It's just a random idea. But if it's in my not now list, and I find that that idea continues coming back to tickle and burn and prod and tickle and burn and prod. One month later, if that idea has come back multiple times, I know maybe it's time. And so I find that putting stuff on my not now list is a great way to actually identify the powerful ideas with the seeds of destiny in them. Little ideas that tickle and burn and never seem to go away should never be ignored for in them lie the seeds of destiny. It allows me to look for those destiny shifting ideas rather than random brain farts. I love that. It's a vetting process. It's a vetting process for your ideas. I love that. I love that. And the last thing I'll say about this just really quickly is that there's a, a chapter in my book and the title is called, It's Not Your Only Line in the Play. And the premise of this is if you imagine you have been cast in a stage play, you're an actor and you're going to be on stage and you have one line in this play. And this one line is the most pivotal piece of dialogue in the play. And if you screw it up, Talis, you screw up the entire play, you ruin your entire acting career, you ruin the career of every other actor that's on the stage. Imagine yourself waiting off in the wings on stage right to come on and deliver this line. How do you think you feel? Well, you're going to probably feel a lot of pressure and a lot of stress and a lot of hesitation and a lot of constriction and contraction and heat all over your body and your heart's going to be pounding. You're not going to be showing up as your best self. And that's what happens when we worry that we're not going to be able to do all the things that we're passionate about. But on the flip side of this is to recognize you actually have every line in the play. You are the star of the play. If you flub a line in the play, it's going to sting a little bit, sure, because you don't want to flub the line, but you have another line three seconds later, and you're going to do this play two times a day, four days a week for the next four months. So nobody's going to give a crap that you had this one little flub of a line in one of the showings of the play. And so the way this applies here, just to realize whatever you pick for now is not your only line in the play. You will evolve, you will learn new things, you will grow, you'll want to experiment, and there's always going to be time for you to bring other passions into the work that you're doing. Thank you very much. I love that answer. Thanks, Thank Alice. you, Alice. So how about Elliot? Elliot's got a lot of votes for his question. Great, let's do it. Elliot, you ready to come on? Hi, hello. <laughs> hey, Elliot, how are you, man? I'm here. So I was asking about, because I have been some time already in Manbale, and I'm doing all this personal growth. I start a long time ago. One of the parts that helped me was the book of vision and Jim Quick. I started a little bit in that area. And I have been growing a lot. I know I have been improving a lot of areas of my life. There is still one thing that always is like stopping me. Is we could say like the imposter syndrome, or we can say like I don't feel it who I am to help other people when I'm, I'm not sure how to take my life in some areas out, uh, more in my career or how to help the people. So I have an idea, like was telling before Vision, it's coming back once and all the time in my head. So I want to try it, but I'm not sure if I want to do like coaching or divulgation, but I want to join some coaching and divulgation with graphic design. I'm working in this idea because I want to keep things simple for people so they can start this path of personal growth. What I want is bringing people to do the personal growth because for me, it had been changing my life. Yeah. But the problem is that who I am, I have this feeling that I have my intuition that sometimes I say like, okay, great. One day is everything perfect. I'm going for it. But next day I'm... I'm down again. I'm, and I don't trust like my intuition some days. I lose this, this trust on myself. I'm a little bit lost. I don't know how to overcome this feeling or where to start. Yeah, I totally get you, man. A thousand percent. So thank you for this question. So a couple of things that I'd love to share with you. First of all, regarding intuition. And of course, you got the master of intuition here with vision. But I'm going to give my perspective on this. Another chapter in my book is actually called Your Intuition is Drunk. And the premise of your intuition is drunk is that imagine that you have a trusted advisor in your life, a friend, a coach, an uncle, a, whoever it is, just somebody you know you can always trust that always has your back. And you're dealing with something really heavy and you're not really sure what to do with it. And so you go to get some advice from them because they're always there for you. And you open the door to go in and talk to them and you see they are completely drunk on the floor, obliterated, drunk, slurring their words. There's no way they can even form a sentence. Would you ask that person for advice in that moment? No. 
Probably not. Absolutely no. Exactly. And that's the way our mind works. When our mind is in a low state, we can't ask questions to our intuition when our, we're in that low of a state. So what would we do in, in the real world if that happened? Well, I would go to my uncle or my mentor or my friend who was drunk and I would take care of them. I would say, wow, you know what? You need some compassion right now. You need some time to rest. You need some time to naturally sober up. And once they sober up again, once they're at a different level of consciousness, then maybe I'll ask the question again. So when you feel these moments where you're like, oh, now I'm stuck, just notice that you're in a low mood and you're never going to give yourself good direction when you're in a low mood. Allow yourself to settle. Think of it like a snow globe. If you shake up a snow globe and the snow is flying all over, if you were standing in the middle of that snow globe, you wouldn't be able to see anything. But what we do as humans is we think that it's our job to grab every piece of snow that's flying around, which represents every thought in our head. And it's our job to grab it and put it on the ground. And as we're running around trying to manage every single thought, we're kicking up the snow that we just put on the ground. And then we wonder why nothing's getting better. But if we really wanted a snow globe to settle, we would just set a snow globe down on the table. And within a minute or so, all the little snow pieces on their own would settle back to the surface. Same thing happens with our mind. If we don't try to think our way through it sometimes and allow the thoughts to just settle, then our intuition sobers up and then we can actually ask it a question that can be helpful. Does that make sense? There's a lot of sense. A lot of sense is that sometimes I think like I'm very impatient with this. I'm not, I don't know if I have to give it a time, take it step by step, a little bit slower. I'm trying to do a lot of personal growth at the same time, reading books, uh, improving the health and everything. But that part of the career is the one that's missing. And each time I try to go in that part, it happens like you, you're saying, like, I have this idea and this idea, I want to do this and this and this and this. And it's a little bit madness in that moment. And when I cannot do anything of that, next day I'm like, oh man, again, I cannot do it. It's, and It's true. I have to do a little bit more of compassion about when I'm feeling that. Some days it's like great. Other days I just fall down. Yeah. And that's the human experience. Nobody's immune to that. So the other thing that I wanted to say real quick, is you mentioned imposter syndrome, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that experience this here because it's another human thing. I'm going to give you a really quick answer here, Elliot, that I hope is really going to solve this for you. This is the way for all of us to overcome imposter syndrome. Are you ready for this? It's going to be really, really deep and you may need to take a note. Okay. Don't be an imposter. That's how you get over the imposter syndrome. Now, what do I mean by that? You say, well, you know, I want to put this thing in the world, but I'm still on my journey. Cool. Then don't go out in the world and say, hey, guys, I have it all figured out and I never have a bad day and I'm happy 100% of the time. That's being an imposter. But if you come out in the world and say, hey, guys, I'm on this path. Here are some of the things I'm learning. Here's some of the transformation I've experienced. I still have my down days, but here's how I navigate that a little better than I used to, 5% more than I used to. That's being fully real, fully authentic, and you'll never be an imposter. So share your actual experience of what's going on in your world, and you never have to worry about being an imposter. That's good. That's good. Thank yeah. you very much, Vision and Jason. Great. And um, I'm going to try to follow your advice. Thank you very much. You got this, brother. Have fun with it. Thanks, Elliot. You know, Jason, I needed to hear that because I sometimes still have imposter syndrome. And Elliot, you know, and for those of you listening on the podcast, if you look at my Instagram, like today, I was really excited because Matthew McConaughey shared my Instagram. I was like, whoa, and I got like 10,000 new fans. So today was probably one of my best days ever on Instagram. But I didn't post, I didn't dare share anything on Instagram before June 2018. That's just two and a half years ago because I felt like an imposter. I'm like, who the fudge would want to see a random picture of mine with an idea or an insight? I felt like an imposter. Why I felt like an imposter is because I was looking at Jay Shetty, the social media star, the Instagram star, and all of us, there's always someone who inspires us, but makes us afraid. Jay Shetty inspired me because he had the biggest Facebook page on all of Facebook. And he was an Indian male like me who was sharing wisdom. And so he inspired me, but I thought I can never be Jay Shetty. I don't have the hair. I don't have Jay Shetty's beautiful eyes. I don't have that style of video production. And so I decided to serve Jay. I got Jay Shetty to speak at one of my events, APES. Jay was super gracious. He came and he spoke and we sat down for tea. And I asked Jay, I'm afraid. I literally told him, I'm afraid. What do I do? And Jay said, Vision, it's really simple. Like, just don't worry about being judged. And he gave me some tips and he made me feel comfortable. But when I understood that 
I had nothing to fear. I posted my first picture on Instagram for the public. And it was literally a bad haircut I got. It was literally just a really bad haircut. I'm like, check out this haircut. My dad thinks I look like I belong in a street gang. I basically shaved the side of my head. And that's how it started. That's literally how it started. That was June 2018, Elliot. I didn't do Instagram before then. Now I'm approaching 800,000 fans. We all start somewhere. And I want you to know, I have those fears as well. Now, by the way, on Facebook, I was so afraid of sharing videos with the public. Now, I want you to know this. My book had come out in 2016. I was still so afraid of sharing videos because I'm like, okay, I can write, but who the fuck wants to see me on a video? So rather than share videos with my audience, if I was in any place and I had an interesting story, I would create a simple video for my son. I was literally so afraid of sharing it with the audience. I thought if I just spoke to Hayden and I showed him where I was, no one would judge me. Who does this guy think he is? Why would I care about his video? I remember I went to visit Steve Jobs' home, the home where Steve Jobs grew up in, beautiful home in Palo Alto, and I created a video for Hayden. And I said, Hayden, this is dad. Just want to show you Steve Jobs' home. And that's it. And I'm just... <laughs> moving my camera around. That was my first Facebook video. It freaking sucked. But then when people commented, that's so sweet. We love the fact that you talk to your son that way. Steve Jobs' home is so, so cool. It gave me the confidence to do the next video and the next video and the next video. I think my biggest video at this point got 40 million views, but I started somewhere. And by the way, that wasn't even 10 years ago. Like that was like 2017. I'm just in this. And so I want you guys to know that these fears, these Statements we tell ourselves, who would give a damn? Or I suck. I have that too. And I still have that with new platforms, with new mediums, with new things I'm going into. So I just want you to know this is normal. Start somewhere. Vision, thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to ask you, can you say Jay Shetty was like a worthy rival, like Simon Sinek said, that helped know. you to grow? Simon Sinek's worthy rival, but I think so, yeah. And I help Jay grow, right? So I advise Jay on scaling his business. Jay advises me sometimes on what to say, how to say something so it takes off. So I like, I like to connect myself with conscious leaders, people who have a good heart, conscious leaders who are doing good in the world. And I like to ally myself with them. I do not ally myself with people whom I believe are just doing it for marketing, just doing it for fandom. For example, you know, I don't like pushing crap. So I would never ally myself or ask for advice from anyone who was selling stuff on the internet that was gimmicky or phony or had no proven results. So I like to find allies who don't just have the numbers and the reach and can support you, but who are doing good in the world. And I think that goes back to what Jason said, which is shift into being an activist. I seek allies who are activists. And Jay Shetty happens to be an activist. He wants to spread spiritual wisdom in the world and make it cool and susceptible and open to millions of people. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Elliot. Okay, bye-bye. So guys, we are getting so many ideas from this. I just saw someone post a comment, Jason Goldberg, this is gold. So I'm so excited that you guys are getting so much from this. I wanna show you something. I think you guys are gonna really love this. So what you're looking at folks is our new insights platform. This used to be just open for Mindvalley members, but we just opened it up to the world. So anybody can go just create a Mindvalley account. And it's where you can share your insights, whatever you're learning, whatever you're studying, and it's an interesting platform. So every time I come across an interesting book, I share my book notes. And what I'm seeing is that our Mindvalley community, there are only about a thousand users on this, but the users are really active. Our Mindvalley community, meaning you guys, are sharing some profound insights today. I had such great pleasure reading this particular insight by Amy Wang. You guys have seen Amy Wang. She's a frequent participant in this live call. And she wrote about growing up in a family of three religions and how to create a religion out of your personal philosophy. It is so intriguing. And I just wanted to point this out that if you guys are enjoying this conversations, Jason is one of our members of our tribe. Jason started somewhere. He started with a speech at AFEST. Today, he's a guest on this podcast alongside people like Gretchen Rubin and Priyanka Chopra. Everybody starts somewhere. And many of you who maybe you're not ready for camera or voice or video, but you have a powerful insight you wanna share, feel free to share it with the community. 
we're getting about 100 insights shared here every single day. And what people are doing is they are also, you can attach an insight to any book, any Mind Valley program. You can see here, Bikram Jit Chowdhury has attached this insight on understanding the aura and the biofield to energy medicine. Now you can click on energy medicine and you can see everyone's insights on energy medicine. You can click on Bikram Jit Chowdhury and you can see who he is and all of his insights and you can choose to follow him. So I wanna encourage you guys to use this tool because we can speed up learning from each other. So remember how yesterday we had Gretchen Rubin on a live recording for this podcast? You can see Bikram Jit here wrote a beautiful insight summarizing key ideas from Gretchen Rubin. So the challenge I wanna to pose to you guys is if you have a powerful insight from Jason Goldberg or a book you're reading or an idea that's playing around in your head and you think this could uplift someone, go to Mind Valley Insights, start an account and post your insight. What we're creating here is a new type of social network for people who want to learn and help other people learn. Okay, so I can't wait to see your writings, your insights, and anything else. I'm using Mind Valley Insights to write my next book. You'll see my insights here from Gretchen Rubin. What I do is all my notes, everything I learn, are filed here. You can make notes private or public. And so, for example, in my book, I have a chapter on forgiveness. Everything I'm learning on forgiveness is here in this note. And I have my co-authors write notes, research things on forgiveness, and I can search for forgiveness and see everything on Mind Valley on the topic. So you can see there are 53 posts on forgiveness. And this becomes my research tool. Through this, I've been able to cut down the act of writing a book or giving a speech by almost 50%. Because most of it is research, right? And so I want to encourage you to use this tool because we help all of us become better students and better teachers. Thank you. I'm going to pass the mic back to Jason for some closing thoughts. That platform is really cool, man. I need to check that out. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, go check it out because we'd love to follow you. And I'd love to see what are some of the insights that you're having in your life. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll definitely check that out. Well, I just, I'm so thankful for being here and, and thank you guys so much for having me, Vision. Thank you for having me here and for everybody who stayed on this whole time and has been so active in the comments and, and asked questions. You guys are just amazing. The one last thing I think I would like to just share is regarding inspiration. And, you know, there's so many times in my life where I just haven't felt inspired and I would really judge myself for that. Like what's going on with me? I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm in personal growth. I'm reading, I'm learning, I'm doing all these things. Why am I not feeling inspired? And I would always wait for the inspiration to come to me. And, and sometimes it does. And we know what that feels like when inspiration strikes and you're just motivated to do the thing. But that typically is more the exception than the rule, at least for me. Maybe it's not for everybody. So when I started shifting to understanding the actual definition of inspiration or to inspire is to breathe life into something, right? Not to require that life bring me something. If I were to go to a dinner party and I'm a vegan, which I'm not a vegan at all, no judgment, but I'm not a vegan, but let's just say I was a vegan and I went to a party and they had nothing there for me to eat. Then I could sit in the corner and say, well, this is terrible. I've come to this party and there's nothing for me to eat. I'm going to sit in the corner and I'm going to pout and I'm going to starve, but at least I'm sticking to my convictions. That's one way to approach it. The other way to approach it is to say, huh, that's interesting. There's no vegan snacks here. There's a grocery store down the street. I'm going to go grab the snacks that I want and I'll bring them back to the party myself. And that's the way inspiration can work as well. Breathe life into the things that are in front of you. If you think of like an air mattress or some kind of inflatable toy for a kid, it sits there flat. And no matter how much I wish and pray, it's not going to inflate itself. But if I just take my essence, if I take my spirit, if I take my breath, literally and figuratively, and breathe into the things that are in front of me, then inspiration occurs. And so I really want to leave with all of you that you don't need to wait for inspiration to strike. Just like M. Somerset mom says, I only write when inspiration strikes. Luckily, inspiration strikes every day at 9 a.m. You can sit there and breathe life into your work and into what it is you want to do, and you will see amazing things that you'll create as a result. Amazing, Jason. Amazing. This was so much fun. So much fun, dude. I love being here with you guys. And if you guys want to check out some of the stuff that I'm up to, I have a podcast now that I've launched that Vision has already agreed to be on. Tell us about your podcast. So firstly, by the way, Jason's book is called Prison Break. It is an incredible book, Prison Break. I know it's an incredible book because people in my friend circle have been talking about it. So read it. And not only is it incredible because you can see the wisdom bombs that Jason drops, but he is so funny. He is so hilariously funny. Jason, what year was it that you broke out of prison? 
Uh, so I broke me. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people ask me, have you actually been to prison? I did some work in a prison one time though, which is amazing. The book came out in 2016. My break out of my mental prison started in 2011. Uh-huh. So it's a mental prison. You're not as badass as I thought. I thought with that whole like rapper persona, you know, performing for the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm such a wuss. I'm a total wuss. But, but Jason, one more question. How can we find your podcast? Yeah. So the podcast is called the Jason Goldberg is ruining podcasting podcast. The purpose of that name is that there are so many things in the world that need to be ruined. Like vision is ruining the education system right? Ruining means to look at something in the way it's been done, even if it's improbable or seemingly impossible or unpopular or not natural, whatever it is that is going on in the world, if we want to do it a different way, it is on us to do it a different way. And so my podcast is kind of late night talk show meets podcast. There's a lot of comedy, there's games, but then there's also, of course, wisdom extraction and amazing stories from amazing people. And you can find it on Spotify and on Apple podcasts, but I would definitely recommend watching it on YouTube because we have a full production. It's really, really fun. And you'll miss some of the stuff if you don't watch it. So I'll throw a link here into the chat if you guys want to be able to take a look at that. And also a link to get a free copy of Prison Break. So anybody here who would like a free digital or audio copy of Prison Break, just click this link. You'll be able to get a free copy and I hope you enjoy it. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Jason. My pleasure. Thank you, V. Love you, brother. And I hope to see you somewhere soon. Take care. Bye. Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.